and welcome to another exciting episode of Historical and Mysterious. I am Jay. And I'm Ian. And we are sitting across a very long table that re- we are, yes. <laughs> that yes. Ian recently, actually not recently, bought. No, actually this quite was a long a... time ago. And we are also drinking tea. Listen to this. Ah. Uh, in a teacup in a saucer. And he's not trying to hypnotize you like the crazy lady from Get Out. Mm, no, I'm not. I'm I thought he was. A sweet tea but uh (laughs) gotta get that sound anyway the the audio for the listeners if the case they didn't believe us yes but uh yes we're sitting at a long table for those of you who don't know which none of you do i imagine (laughs) i decided a while ago like a year ago that i wanted to host a formal dinner party oh yeah uh for a few of my friends i first should start off as four people now it's eight yes because I wanted it to be formal and, and like I mean formal like something you would see like in a movie like in like like fancy people in the 1800s. Oh yeah, and it, it's starting to come like and that way. <laughs> like I have candlesticks with crystal dangly thingies. Yes. And like there are charger plates with which are the decorative plates, and I have like shiny napkins that I'm folding fancy, and each person gets two knives and. Five thousand forks and and it, everybody gets their own mini salt and pepper shaker. It's adorable. It's a scene out of Titanic, really. Like honestly, yes. And it's all it's a candlelit dinner, so I'm gonna yes. have a candle chandelier. A chandelier. Yes, and the candlestick. Which you have. Yeah. Like you have pretty much everything for the most part. And I have this long wood table that's heavy as fuck but sturdy, and eight chairs and. I will sit at the end to be the host of my own dinner party. (laughs) I hope you have that accent this entire dinner party. Uh, Uh, Please do. Well, we'll have red, white, and port wine, so I'm sure after a few, I will have an accent. (laughs) Um, Everyone's like, is is he all right? I'm like, just go with it. It's fine. I'm sitting at one end of the table, and you're sitting far at the opposite end. So it's like, hello, Jay. Hello over there, Ian. What? I can't hear you. What? Huh? You're... (laughs) What's your history? Water your Maria. history. Mystery? His- no. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. All right. So um, other than the dinner party, how's your week been going? Uh, Good, good. Yeah, that's pretty much been my week. Is like Because I've pretty much finished getting all of the last things I need to throw this dinner party. So that's pretty much been my week. And also, uh, recently... Sorry, beads again. Beads again. <laughs> they make a reappearance. <laughs> yes, they do. I, uh, re- I got a new job. Ah. At a restaurant, a very nice, well-to-do restaurant downtown. Nice. Uh, so I'm What's the position? To start there, uh, server. Ah. You know, but I'm used to being a server. Oh yeah, that's your forte. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So I'm excited to do that. I left my last position at the retirement community because there was um, some issues with management, and my hours got cut. And then you can't make a living with that many hours. Yeah. So I respectfully. Went your own uh, way, carved your own path. Uh, yes. Sought out what you needed to seek out. Yes. No, there was no anger. No. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> anyway. So, I'm excited for that. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So awesome. that's pretty much been my week. Got a new job that I'm excited for. I go in tomorrow at noon, just, you know, figure out scheduling oh, yeah. and stuff. Um, First day on the job. Yep. And... Yeah, that's pretty much it. And doing research for the podcast, which of course uh, over the entire course of this week, I did everything in the past two hours. So we are very knowledgeable. Yes, trust us. Fresh as a <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. You don't even need notes at this point. You just be like, I read this shit like five minutes ago. Hey, What's hey, up? I'm not even reading right now. Sip it tea. Oh wow, that's a. How do you? 
How do you okay, do it? Okay, this is gonna make it sound like I slurp every time I do. Yeah, it. this is just for the sound. Un, unfancy. Don't slurp on the podcast. That's that's I'm unfancy. Lose listeners because I did that. I know twice. <laughs> and you're gonna go in for? Does he slurp? Does he slurp? No, quiet. He just took a sip of tea, and it is up. Oh, there it is. Uh, nope. Yeah. We just lost another one. Or just write <laughs> another mystery. So, Ian, do you know? Like, oh, cool, great. That doesn't. Ooh, actually, <laughs> has that sound if you like just drag it upon the bottom a lot? After a while, it can just like grind my gears. All right, let's not test that theory. <laughs> Ring my bell. <laughs> so. Uh, that was my week. How was your week, Jay? My week was good. Uh, I'm working my way up into a management position at work, which will be fun- interesting. I've never really been quite a leader type, so it'll be fun to see how that goes. Oh, I definitely think you could be a leader type. I, mean, I just have to get into it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I also, I didn't tell you this, uh, I booked a skydiving trip. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. No, you did not tell I me did. that. You told me this on the show. I did it. Yeah, I waited. Damn. I waited for this. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm really excited. It's going to be, like, the end of April. But. Uh, the end of April is the dinner party that you're that you're going to, for, like. Wait a second. So, you can't fucking die. <laughs> Wait, you did not send my it. fucking dinner party. <laughs> I will not die. I will just be. How dare you? Full of life. And, like, I feel like I. Escape death. Yeah, but that's what I'll feel lightly, like. <laughs> you'll be full of life. If the parachute works, if I should you hit be it fine. a little bit harder, you won't be full of life at all. <laughs> you will be completely devoid of life. But the thing is, I get to like throw myself out of the airplane, and like that's cool. See, and it's you know what? The desire to do that is just what I don't understand. It's the same What's... thing with bungee jumping. I just why? What? I understand there's a thrill, but I I don't know. Do you like roller coasters? No. Oh, you're just not fun in general. I'm just kidding. I smoke pot. That is my drill. Okay? Send me to jail. I'm Ooh. fuck. I'm calling the police. But uh, what was... I really don't. My mother had the hardest time with me at theme parks. She's like, I want to do this. I'd be like, no. But no. what did you do at theme parks? Uh, I went on the like smaller, more bitch rides. And then I like did all the games. And then I bought candy. You were a boring kid. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? If I went to the theme park with you, I'd be bored out of my mind. I'd be like, you want to go on this? No, week? but here's the thing. Let's go I play stop, that game. I didn't game. stop anybody else from going on <laughs> of rides. Of course, but... I just didn't go You did your own them. thing. Yeah. yeah, I did my own thing. Be like, whatever. <laughs> and there was like always... Like, if it was one of those theme parks that also had like a water section... Oh, I did all the water shit. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. All, all the oh water shit. Oh my god, shit. all these public water rides that all have piss and bleach in them. Ooh. Oh, I can't wait. Ooh. No. That's what what's kind of... Ner- like... I don't like water parks. When it's just a busy time, I'm like, nope, I feel like I'm bathing in urine. Like, that's not my forte. Well, I mean... Uh... Basically, you are. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so that was my week, which was uh, pretty eventful, I would say. There's there's a thing on the uh, skydiving website where you can pay a 25 extra dollars to fall longer. So I'm like, absolutely. Oh, I'm higher that. then. It, so it's $25, and then the free fall 60 seconds rather than 25 seconds. Wait, before, wait, 60 seconds before you hit the ground or 60 seconds before you pull the shoot? 60 seconds before you pull the shoot. Okay. <laughs> I would sure hope not. I just that's paid $25 really to that's, kill myself. That's really short because I always imagine skydiving, when you see it in movies and on videos, I imagine like they're falling for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, how fucking high up are they? No, fuck no. I mean, like, What's the longest you could do? 
I don't know. I didn't get that because I'm like a first timer and everything. So how, it's just how high like, are you going? Just the sixty seconds. I don't know, dude. I just pressed. I just gave him my money. It was just like throw me on an airplane. I don't care how high it is, but I need. <laughs> they fucking, they fucking <laughs> throw you out. They throw you out at takeoff. Right? Just like here you go. <laughs> just like thirty feet. That's it. You like, did it. You did so good. You, you fucking break both your legs. <laughs> but I survived Still it. Still don't so. need the shoot though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yes. Oh, look at this, guys. He's still full of life. <laughs> and that's that'll be my skydiving story. That'd be great. But uh, but yeah, that was my that was my week. Very, very fun. Well, awesome. That's I mean that's really exciting for you though. Yeah. I mean so, that's I'm excited for you. Thank and you. Even though I'm not into it, that's really cool. I, I'm gonna be incredibly nervous the day of. I'm sure I I'll, mean, feel, I I'll be fine <gasps> oh now. Oh my god, are you gonna do this at the Pullman Airport? No, no, no. It's like in like Spokane area. It's like an when hour and a half away. It's like the twenty seventh. I want to. Can I go with you? Yeah. Can I like? Uh, I want to be like be your like wingman. Literally. But you're on the ground though. Well, on the ground is fine. <laughs> but it's, Wait. Like, it's also like a road trip to Spokane. <laughs> yeah. No, you're definitely invited. Oh my god! I have to ask for that off. That's so awesome. Yeah. Hopefully it uh, it goes well. But yeah. yeah, it'll be good to have the moral support. Because I'm, I'm having Moral a, support. I'm having a friend come down as well, and then she may do it. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. She's coming down from I, California. If you do die. I will be there to tell the story about like, hey guys, what a life gnarly. I lived. It was gnarly as fuck. But here's he what threw happened. himself out of the plane and then just hit the ground. <laughs> His head was flat. Do you understand? It was fucking flat. It's like a pancake. Oh, uh, right. but yeah. So. That'll cool. be fun. Well, uh, I think we've dragged this on long enough. Uh, so, uh, history, mystery, yes, year, I have history for so the week. Take it away, my. Good my, son. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna start this history by asking a question. Have yes. you heard of I the book Island of the Blue Dolphins? Yes, I loved. That was one of my favorites when I was in junior high. I or was it elementary? It was probably around the same time. I mean, like early junior yeah. high, late elementary. Exactly. Like that. But I loved that book, and so, I. Oh, I love that book. So it's based on a true story, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Is uh, Her name was Juana Maria, and I'll get into her name a little bit I mean, after this history. Uh, so I read The Island of the Blue Dolphins, and I was very surprised about how just... I, at first I thought it was really boring, <laughs> but then I... mean, I, at the time, yeah. I yeah, I was just like, I don't even want to be here, man. I want to play outside, but... Then if you really think okay, about sorry, it... sorry, quick question. I'm really sorry to interrupt, but uh, did you ever, like, in class, like pretend to read the book but never actually read the book yes i think that's yeah. a comic like, right i think that's like everyone's done that people, like i literally okay so this is so fucking stupid but i think i had one class where like i i did not i think it was the good earth i'm pretty sure it was the good earth which is this long fucking novel by pearl s buck i can't even <laughs> um and boring as fuck so i can't do it and so the, I just look at the sheet with the questions or open ended, and I just I tell you I just fucking pull shit. I start pulling shit out of my ass. I just fucking start writing shit to the point to where when I get it back, not only is it clearly like failing, obviously, <laughs> like clearly, but like not. Yeah. She's writing notes. She's the kind of teacher that's like check mark or X, check mark or X, check mark or X. And <laughs> she's writing detailed notes. And then open ended, open ended. The biggest note you would get is like you mean this. Explain more. Or explain more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She only wrote one note for me, but it was at the very top, not even next to a certain question answer, but it was like, are you even reading the book? Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I was all like, 
No. <laughs> you got I me. I mean, obviously. Am I a fucking moron? No, that... Obviously, I'm not reading the book. <laughs> Bless Me Ultima. That was the book. Oh, my God. Bless gosh. Me Ultima. That's that was the book? Was. Oh, yes. okay. I haven't heard of that one. I didn't... That oh, was I have. Elementary Still school book know. for me. Yeah, clearly, because you didn't... You're just but, like, fuck this book. And my thing is, people are like, why the fuck didn't you cliff notes that shit or whatever? And be like, well... Was the internet? I was even like, fuck off. I don't care. Like, <laughs> why? You had an I don't give a fuck attitude when Listen, you were 10. I was fucking 15, okay? Oh, that's don't great. ask me what my logic was when I was 15. Oh, right? yeah. It's not, it's not straight. I was going to say it's not straight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, shit. I think if it was you today, you would still be like, I ain't reading this. <laughs> I mean, you were getting tested on I it. Wouldn't. No. If I was te- why would I be tested on that? I'm not taking this class. <laughs> I'm just like, if it was like presented to you, you would still be like, nah. But <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go on. So, Juana Maria was born in 1811 and was the inspiration behind the island of the Blue Dolphins. So, the China Islands uh, today is basically the islands that she and her tribe was on. The tribe was called the oh, Nicolina tribe. Okay. And uh, so I probably butchered that. Uh, I was like, don't look at me. He looked at me like, did I say that right? Like, don't look at me to correct you. You're well, you're always me. like trying to put like the pizzazz with it. I'm like, does that have enough like pizzazz? I mean, it didn't, but I just by need the, the way, validation. By the way, technically it's mischievous and not mischievous. That's how you say it because that's how it's spelled. Oh, so is that what we're going to do today? We're going to argue. It's <laughs> mischievous. No, it's not. Yes, mischievous. it is. I, I mean, no, it's not. Mischievous is just sounds like an elf. <laughs> I mean, it could be. <laughs> but, uh, so, in uh, 1814 was the arrival of fur traders. Now, uh, keep in mind, like, this tribe basically traded with other tribes on other other, like, islands around them, but it was never... Like a big nation tribe, which was, oh, this was like Russians that they were trading with and everything. And so this Russian American company, RAC for short, accused the tribe members of killing a fur trader. Uh, they ended up killing majority of the 300 person tribe in a massacre, leaving only a handful of people on the island. It was about 20. And uh, so we went from 300 people to 20 people. And so this, this was a very small tribe that wasn't able to really fend for themselves. They weren't really able to thrive as well as a community of well, and three people is not a large tribe to begin with if you really think about it 300 300 on the grand scale of things. yeah well of course but uh but with that going from 320 everything's oh, yeah. just different and so upon hearing about the bad news the mission of san gabriel decided to send a ship to pick up the remaining people of the island saying like hey listen and it was basically their way of like we can convert more people mm-hmm uh, when reaching the island in 1835, they loaded the ship up with the remaining people and set sail. They did not realize they were missing Juana Maria until they were far out and caught in a storm. And they couldn't really go back with in the middle of the storm. So, like, we just have to keep on trugging tr- through and we can send a ship back for her. Uh, so, this is where, like, the accounts differ. With Juana Maria, there's a lot of... There's about three different ones. Mo- the, the main one was that... They kind of forgot they were leaving in a hurry because of this storm, and they just didn't they didn't remember. Another story is that she was on the ship, and then she was like, oh no, my baby, or my son. And then she jumps off the ship. 
I like my baby. Short. I think it would be funnier in the movie. My baby! My baby. And it tugs at the heartstrings more. It really does. And especially those hearts. It's a crying baby. Yeah. Well, the baby dies. Uh, according to if we go with that route of story. The baby, she she goes back to the, she swims back to the island, finds it devoured by wolves. This island has wolves. This island has wolves. Or like a pack of, and like it was a pack of wolves, yeah. And it was uh, a problem at that time, but with so many people around the island, it wasn't too much to where you would have to worry about it. I mean, the Galapagos Islands barely have finches, and we're worried about wolves. <laughs> where is, is this lo- island? This is a long time ago. Uh, Channel Islands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so their conflicting accounts, what I said before. Uh, so when she jumped on the f- ship, she found her, like, child being was eaten and so she was like oh well fuck it i'll stay here then they'll send back a ship they did send back a ship they couldn't find her which i don't know how that's a thing but they couldn't find her so they're like all right this is a problem and so they were basically kind of like i don't know a reward for people who find her so different explorers were offered about 102 dollars 200 reward if you go back to the island to try to find this uh, this lady mm-hmm. and several expeditions went out found nothing then along came a fur trader named George Nadiver ah, uh, who went looking for about three times he wasn't really doing I think he was he was a, a, an explorer and I think he just wanted that uh, to find this he definitely wanted that I don't think he was it for the money necessarily and the first two attempts came up with nothing but the third attempt in 1853 was successful. Uh, George found footprints and blubber getting left out to dry. They eventually discovered her as well, as well as her living situations, where she created a hut out of whale bones. And so, uh, I mean, that's... Isn't the blubber left out to dry on the whale bones? Isn't that in the book? No? I believe so. I mean, I haven't read that book in years. And even yeah, when I did either. read it, I remember more of the movie than I do the book. I watched the movie. I, I actually don't remember the movie as much as I remember the book. Really? Yeah. The well, book really you like made the book. an impression on me. Yeah, for me, I was I'm just over my head. I'm a big reader, head. though. I'm much more of a reader than you are. I mean, if it wasn't, I if mean, it had nothing to do with, like, any horror aspects, the, like, if she was on this island with Bigfoot, maybe I would read. Yeah, well, don't but, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm this huge scholar or anything. It's just, when I say I'm a huge, bigger reader than you are, it's because I, you don't know how to read. No, I don't. Pray for me. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers for Jay. Hashtag. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was also believed uh, that she lived in a nearby cave where basically she would go if the weather was too bad. That was in the book. I remember that. I remember that too, the cave. And she lived a lot of, like, ducks. Like, just real, like those ducks, that was the main things that she really ate. Ducks? Ducks. I mean, that's pretty good, though, yeah. for island. Protein. They had ducks. Island they living. Had ducks? Yeah. I don't imagine ducks on an island. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just like, you don't imagine ducks. Like, I mean, they travel and they fly. They get around. I mean, sure. But my thing is, <laughs> They're not like, far off the coast. To me, that's like a river bird, not like an ocean bird. Yeah. But, uh... So she basically. Or lake. The lake. The lake ducks. <laughs> she was taken back to the Santa Barbara mission where she was discovered to be the last member Santa of. Santa Barbara, California? Yes. 
was uh, to be the last member of her tribe as they all fell ill to whatever diseases that the mainland brought to them because, of course, their immunity system, their, was just, their immune systems were completely different. So when you bring them to the mainland, they're just susceptible to all these different sicknesses yeah, and diseases they weren't and illness, all, uh, and so wiped them out. Their, their immune systems weren't broken in, if you will. Exactly, and so this whole thing, they just get wiped out. So she gets to Santa Barbara. She doesn't know how to speak. No one understands her language. They're just like, hello, random lady uh so upon reaching the mission she was ecstatic there is uh historical documents of her smiling when she got there and she was just a very happy friendly person she tried to talk but no one of course no one would understand Mm -hmm. she loved the horses she loved being around other people of course and for being 50 she still was a very strong body she had apparently a very young face i don't know if that was just people just like oh fawning over like how did you do it but they genetics yeah right and so but just very strong for her age, and uh, she preferred to stay with her rescuer, George Endeavor, and live out her basically her days. With that George. lasted seven weeks. Oh, uh, George was the guy who rescued her, basically. Yeah. And so this lasted about seven weeks. Wait, she died seven weeks later? After returning to the mainland, after people found her and shit, oh, she gets disease, to the mainland right? and dies. And guess what she dies of? Mm. It's very organ trail. Scurvy. Uh, dysentery. Dysentery. Okay. <laughs> Wait, did you ever play Oregon Trail? Uh, no. Wow. I, I thought you literally meant Oregon Trail. I was all like diarrhea. I mean, I we were know. talking a lot what about like chi- childhood, like books and everything. Things we read like elementary school, and what then you never played was... Oregon Trail. No. What was another one back then? Cholera. I'm still reeling from you. Haven't played Oregon Trail. Oh, all right. Whatever. All right. Everyone has. Have you ever played, uh, uh... Da, 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 I don't know. Uh, what's it called? Da, da, oh, da, Monopoly. Da. I, I, I have. Do you even, I have. I fucking hate it. I don't play that No one, one. likes like that Monopoly? game. No. Oh, there are people that do. You would be surprised. Well, none of my For, friends. That is a, the, no, that they is are no friends of mine. Yeah, there are no friends of mine if they say, let's pull out Monopoly. And I'm like, who? Do you want to end this friendship? I, I need to leave. Are I don't feel comfortable. Are you to end our friendship right now? That's do exactly what they're doing. Monopoly? It's sabotage. It really, really what it is. Uh, they're drama. That's what that is. <laughs> thrive on drama. That's what those That's people what are. are. Yep. Yeah. If they recommend Monopoly, they thrive off drama. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, she also loved fresh fruit. And when she died of dysentery, or like when she was in the middle of just being sick, they were like, let's baptize her. And then they said, like, oh, we, uh, what's that? We got her over to our. Catholic religion, mm-hmm. and that's what they thought. And even though, like, this girl couldn't even talk, she didn't know what you were doing. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, but back then, <laughs> the Catholic religion, it was like, it's like, like oh, hey, she nodded her head, sprinkled the water on her forehead, she you said the Dominique Patrick, and she didn't whatever. run away, so therefore, uh, one of us. And yeah, the priest gave her holy commission or whatever. Oh yeah, it's not commission, it's communion. Sorry, commission. Um, it gave her a commission, but uh, and uh, and then she saved. Yeah, that's all that matters. I it's guess. like it's like when like when you go to confession. Confession. You, you, you don't get absolved because, like, oh, now you're forgiven because you went into this building. You get absolved because the priest said you're absolved. And he told him all your dirty little person. secrets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part of me wants to be a priest. I don't want to be a priest. Oh, I could never see you as but a priest. But I, I would love to be the guy hearing the confessions. I, oh my Just God. be a counselor then. What? Why do you have to go through all of the extra religious shit? 
It's literally well, the same type of thing. I just feel like bitches. those confessions are different, though. <laughs> Why? I feel like people that go to therapists would be more like, now this happened, and Doc, I feel like this is why, and this is how this occurred. So what do you think? And then it's like, ah, we're already getting there. Where it's like, confession would be like, uh, Father, I did this, and blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, true. thank God for, and it would just be more sorted. I'd be like, Yeah, God forgave you. You're you're welcome. Uh, Ten Hail Marys, bitch. You're fixed. Ten Hail Marys, you dirty bitch. Yeah, you cheated on your wife, but you're fixed now. It's fine. (laughs) But, uh, uh... so after she was baptized, she was buried. She was buried on the mission property. I believe she's still that, like headstone, still here there today. And recently, I get oh, I guess not that recently in the grand scheme of things. 2012, archaeologists discovered the cave that Juana Maria lived. They found whale ribs, hand woven water bottles to indicate this is like most likely where she stayed and really survived. And when was this when they discovered? 2012. <gasps> and there was still all that stuff around. Yeah, of course they had to have to dig and shit. And when like, did the story it was take like, place? It was 1800s. Early to 1814, yeah. you said. Eight, yes. Yeah, okay. That stuff was all still around. That's so cool. Yep, 1853 uh, is when she was discovered. So they found all this shit, and it was like uh, they were ended up getting told not to dig any deeper because then it was it had uh, something with there was still other tribes who said like don't that were still in place and they they didn't want them to dig around that area as sacred land, and so the archaeologists couldn't really discover more things. But what was really cool was they found fish hooks, harpoon tips, other metal artifacts. Like this girl survived, and she did good too. She had everything set up. And so I had a little fun facts about Juana Maria. Uh, Juana Maria is not even a real name. The mission just gave well, it I to mean, her. Well, I mean, she was native. Well, yeah, yeah. Juana Maria. I, mean, I know, but, but, but I knew that that was. But like, what cracks me up? He was just like, that's just what she's known. No one really knows anything about her. Even Didn't her she name. Have a different name in the book. Uh, it was like Car- Karana. Karana. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. But like that. so what, I mean, this is shocking to me. Like we know nothing about. Like we we do, and to a certain extent, but we don't even know this lady's name. And so uh, another thing she'd love to do, which she was at the mission, which kind of cracks me up, is she enjoyed drinking and dancing. She just like uh, which is kind of like maybe kind of laugh a little bit. It's just like, oh hey, here's this lady who doesn't speak any sort of language that we know. Let's give her alcohol. Like, <laughs> see what she does. Uh, I mean, that sounds like something we would do. Right? But we're not living in a mission. <laughs> so, George <laughs> Nedever uh, and his adventures inspired Ralph Waldo Emerson, as Emerson mentioned him. Ralph Waldo Emerson? What I say? Ralph Waldo. Oh, my bad. Waldorf. I was going the into the Emerson. Emerson. I don't know. Uh, in the essay Courage. So, he kind of... Uh, George was basically a very inspirational figure for Emerson, which I thought was pretty interesting. Okay. But uh, but yeah, so that is my history. I think nice. it's history of a very resourceful lady. Of Island of the Blue Dolphins. And the last remaining member of her tribe yeah. living it out. And then coming to the mainland and dying in seven weeks. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's my history. I love that story. I love that book. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I gotta reread it one day. I'm not gonna reread it, but yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. But I should. I should. Anyway, <laughs> um, well, that's really really cool. Thank um, you. What is your uh... mystery? Mystery, sir. Well, it's a mystery. <gasps> that's the episode. Well, Thanks and, for and listening. Good, good night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, 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 we'll be here till ne- oh, uh, forever. Next, see you next week. <laughs> Good save, good save. (laughs) Now, my mystery, actually, I'm doing a mystery that a lot of podcasts have covered, something that's been on my list for a while because 
it has a lot of information on it. It's been done forever, and I really want to do it right. But I just thought I would do it because, I don't know, I felt like doing it. I was interested in it. I feel like when I'm interested in it, I'll do a better job on it because I'm, like, I'm into it. Oh, yeah. I'll be more enthusiastic. It goes a lot smoother. Yeah. So I'm doing the mystery, the famous mystery, of the ghost ship of the Mary Celeste. Now, uh, to introduce this topic, the Mary Celeste was a ship in the 1800s, and it was primarily a cargo ship, pretty much for its entire existence, a cargo ship. Gotcha. And it was, uh, even before it became technically a ghost ship or had this major uh, scandal and mystery behind it, it was considered a very unlucky, some people, some people even thought a haunted ship. So Wait, before this whole shit went before down? Before the big... It still had like... Down. Yeah, it still had a reputation. Ooh. So, and also, let's remember, in the 1800s, in sailor culture yeah. and lore, uh, you know, you it, it, they're a very superstitious bunch, especially about the sea. So Of course, yeah. And, you know, of course they would be superstitious about oh, their ship. Yeah. And especially, you know, this is a time where a lot of people still in uh, sailing culture still believe in, like, sea monsters, and there's still piracy and... You know, and yeah. ships aren't like the way they are today, and exactly. you know, with storms and stuff, and it took longer and all that. Anyway, so this ship is just kind of fucked to begin with. <laughs> uh, but just to start at the very beginning, in 1860, uh, the boat was uh, created, and she was originally named the Amazon. Oh, and, exotic! Yeah, and this it was in Nova Scotia. Okay. So, and Nova Scotia was a huge shipping... So what did it really ship? Um, a variety of things over the years. Things and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, actually, uh, its maiden, maiden voyage was taking a shipment of lumber to London. Ah. And the main route in the beginning of its uh, commissions was from uh, New York to London or Canada to London. Gotcha. Uh, and the first captain was a Robert McClellan... Uh, and he, by all accounts, was just a fine captain, nothing too remarkable. <laughs> um, and the, uh, let me see, sorry, around here. Oh, yeah, so, uh, he, they went on the maiden voyage, uh, but he got sick. Okay. You know, he got really sick, but really bad to the point Not- where they had to turn around and take him back home. So it wasn't like seasickness. No. It was like, like just do something else. Flu or gotcha. pneumonia. Or it's probably pneumonia, I'm guessing. Dysentery, maybe. They had to turn around, and he didn't even get to finish the voyage. So they got, uh, you know, and they and that was the first thing. That was really the first thing to like, oh, our maiden voyage. Not just a maiden voyage under this ownership, but like the first voyage ever. With the ship. Is prevented from even happening, and the captain has to go back. Like, yeah. this is not good. Not, no, it's not a good start at all. And superstition starts to prevail. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, back and forth between the people that own the ship and the people that run the ship because the people that run the ship are sailors and they come from that superstitious culture. And the people that own the ship are business-minded entrepreneurs and business owners and, and, and merchants and stuff. So gotcha. it's like, yeah, whatever with your uh, beliefs go take this cargo we still need there. to get the like, over there guys so we, can, so we can get our money yeah and so get your fucking money okay? exactly 
Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm sorry your, your captain got sick. Can we continue? Anyway, so uh, they uh, they got a second captain who was uh, called John Nutting Parker. My God, I love his last name. I thought his middle name, Nutting. Nutting Parker. Oh, classic. <laughs> this is not a comedy show, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Uh, but they managed to sail to London this time. Uh, and But actually, off the coast of Maine, they had an, a little accident. They ran into some fishing equipment right at the beginning of the trip, yet again. Oh. But they managed to get out of that little maze. Scuffle. I'm just imagining fish netting. Yeah. And like, just strewn about shits. the water. Yeah. <laughs> And, but they managed to plug on through and, uh, but they, after delivering the shipment on their way back, while still in the English channel, they plowed through another boat. How, okay. And it sunk. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. Another bad thing. The other ship sunk? And, but the business owners were like, oh, well our ship's fine. And I mean, sounds like you were in the way. Sorry. And. Kept on plugging through. I like how you like accidentally hit a ship on the, like the wide open. I mean, it must have been. Yeah, I don't get it, but yeah. I mean, maybe the other people were drunk and they got in the way and didn't get out in time. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because like it's it, because it seemed like it was really easy for that ship to just walk away from that, right? Like while in a foreign channel. So it's like uh, maybe something happened. I don't know. Uh, they continued uh, the New York to London route. Gotcha. You know that kind of became the main thing. Like I said. Uh, with a few of the West Indies trips thrown in here. Okay, so it started getting more trips under its belt. And yeah, definitely. Gotcha. It became more of a seasoned ship. Uh, and uh, one time when it was set out on voyage, a freak storm hit the ship in 1867 and did like a whole bunch of like surface damage. And uh, the owners just abandoned her and left her to rot. They were like, oh, it got hit too hard. and But it was still floating. It was still... Would they abandon her, like, just in the... Just, when they made it to the yeah. mainland, they were just yeah. like, let's just leave it there. It's... Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Brought it back. Because they had to get back. But they yeah. like, leave it. <laughs> Literally left it in the water. <clears throat> and then a man named Alexander McBean, uh, for, also from Nova Scotia, uh, uh, turned around and sold it. Okay. You know, he bought it, and then he turned around and sold it. And, Flipped right it, after. if you and will. And then it was sold again right after that. And a man named, page term, uh, uh, Richard Haynes bought it for seventeen fifty, not $17.50, 1750 Gotcha. Yes, which today would be approximately $32,000. All right. Yeah, it's not too bad. Pretty decent for But, you know, it's in pretty bad condition. And he did uh, repairs to it. And he did, you know, he was he fixing was it up slowly, bit by bit, it seemed like. And, but slowly, it, the boat put him into bankruptcy. Uh, maybe with some other things. But it sounds like it was primarily the boat. And therefore, the bank seized it and then uh, sold it, or didn't sell it at auction. They sold it to the New York Consortium. Uh, which was a group led by a Mr. James Winchester. And James Winchester really fixed it up and renovated it and threw a whole bunch of money at it and added length to it, like making it almost 100 oh, feet wow. long. Uh, he added a deck. Yeah. I mean, he really made it nice. Came, yeah. Uh, and then there was a... But he was not the sole investor in this renovation. Okay. Uh, there was another... This The, uh, the uh, investment was divided into five parts. And another man had two parts. He had a two-part investment, and his name was Benjamin Spooner Briggs. And uh, like I said, he was a major investor, but he also became the ship's new captain. Oh, okay. Yes. So he had uh, 
dual no. jobs, investor yeah, slash exactly. so captain. Quite a bit to uh, to gain from this. And, however, uh, quick little side note: he originally he had been a captain by trade as his career, and him and his brother, I think, both had sea careers. But they were both going to get out of this business and do something else elsewhere. Yeah. But then when this opportunity came up, I guess it just seemed like such a great opportunity that it's like, well, we're going to do this instead. I gotcha. And I picture that moment in the movie where uh, here's the, like he's on a path and there's a fork in the road and one path is like the normal one and it's sunshiny and trees and the other one becomes dark forest. And they go through the dark forest. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's like, background it's like i'm there and like mist there's fog all of a sudden oh yeah of course a faint scream and then you you look behind a tree oh is that a smoke oh it's a smoke machine Uh, but it's still creepy yeah but that's in the i imagine that is the moment in the movie of this story where it's like oh we're gonna do this in our retirement oh no we're doing this instead that's them going down that darker path exactly and it's like ah fuck so and also, he decided on this trip's new maiden voyage, or maiden voyage under, you know, the ship's new reno- newly renovated status and status under their ownership, uh, he would take along his wife and his daughter. Okay. He has seven-year-old Family son. Family trip. Bring your child to well, work. he had a seven-year-old son, but decided to leave the son because he was already in school and didn't want to uproot him. But the daughter was two. The daughter and the mom? Yeah. The okay. The wife and the daughter, yeah. His wife. Not his mom. I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to shock you so much, son. So I'm gonna take away your mother as well as um, your daughter and me as well to go on uh, overseas. No, it was cool. I assume that meant like a boarding school. Yeah. Like yeah. They, it was like whatever anyway. Exactly. Like they'd be back by the time he was out for mm-hmm. the holiday or whatever. Um, now here is uh, where the new and improved ship uh, was given a newer and infinitely more famous name: the name of Mary Celeste. Ah. And that's how we know it today. No or more Amazon. How it was, yeah. yeah. No more Amazon. Mary Celeste. No more Amazon.com. Shh. Um, and uh, this is where there's been some speculation about the name because Mary Celeste, that's an English and a French name because it's not Marie. Yeah. M-A-R-I-E. It's M-A-R-Y. And then Celeste, which is the French name. So it's like, is that a mistake? Was it on purpose? We're not entirely sure. Uh, and then Briggs was also, uh, when they set out on this maiden voyage, which this maiden voyage was taking, uh, alcohol along with a few other goods, but mainly 1,701, why 1,701, but 1,701 barrels of pure alcohol, which was not drinking. You couldn't drink it. Ah. And no, no, no. It, this was like fuel. Ship. This was fuel alcohol. this was a party But ship. this was a huge asset yeah, too. They were taking it south. Yeah. So, uh. You know, but Briggs was very particular in his crew. He picked a very uh, honorable and reputable crew. Gotcha. You know, not just for the cargo, but because, you know, it was very unusual to bring your family, your wife and child, a woman. Women, women, unless they were traveling to the other continent or on, you know, or it whatever, wasn't, yeah, on a cruise ship kind of. It wasn't the norm to have them on a cargo, board, ship, cargo really. ship or the child. Yeah. So to bring your, you know, it's like so you don't want, you know, the rowdy, disgusting sailors that you know. Exactly, kids you know, have to be around. Yeah. yeah. The modern day construction men. So they want. He wanted to get them a really up. Up their crew. Upstanding yeah. crew. Yeah, 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 for sure. So basically, like, this will play on into later theories about what happened. So any di- ideas of mutiny or betrayal or whatever are very unlikely. Yeah. 
Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. But he was very particular about the people he selected. Uh, they were carrying those barrels of fuel. Uh, like I said, it wasn't drinkable. It was uh, alcohol that was, you know, uh, yeah. what is it called? Denatured. Denatured alcohol. Uh, they set sail on November 7th, 1872, going toward Genoa, Italy, which oh. is where their destination to d- drop the shipment off. Um, they sailed for three days. This was all found in the captain log. So they sailed uh, for eight days total before things like got weird. Like, sh- got really weird. Shit hit the fan. Something started happening. But for the first three days, uh, things were uh, went fine. Not even a problem. Gotcha. Um, and then the last five days of that eight-day group, that's where things really started to get weird. And uh, the investigation evidence and researchers say this is where you know their journey really started to get either dangerous or just abandonment. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, the the ship's logs by Captain Briggs uh, stated that within the period of the last five days, he was sure that he should have seen land by now. So toward the end, he he was sure he should have seen something. Now that seems strange to me, because I thought like, wait, you've been out there for eight days, not even ten days, and you thought you should have seen land when you're trying to cross the Atlantic. Yeah, that seems very quick. Even today, he was a new captain, quick. correct? Like Briggs? this was his first like captain ship thing. No, he's been a captain before. Gotcha. Okay. It's just this is yeah. He's now captain. Um, but basically, what he was looking for, and what was his point of or, uh, point of uh, reference that he was looking for in the was in the Atlantic Ocean, kind gotcha. of in the seemingly the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, but closer to the European coast okay. of Portugal, uh, called the Azores Islands, or it's a Azores Island chain. And basically, he was just like, "We're gonna head for those islands, then we'll be able to find where we are, and then head toward Portugal, go down okay. the Mediterranean into Italy." And he couldn't find those islands. And he couldn't. He said by day eight, you know, because they're so far out of yeah. the coast of Portugal that, like, by that amount of time, we should have seen the islands. Exactly. And, he, and so, and you know, imagine the amount of panic when there's you've been out there for that long and, and nothing. The, yeah. Um. So they, uh, you could tell they're also on records in the ship's logs. They changed direction northward okay um and apparently they just drifted they thought you they're know? just like we'll make it somewhere um, and they also by the log saw land finally on november 25th at 8 a.m which we assume is the azores islands of course you okay know, depending on also what the log said you know where they were but also where the ship was found was nowhere near the azores Islands. so it had been abandoned and drifted Far away from where the log said it had been last yeah. reported, so but the log said it was near those islands, um, and on December fifth, the uh, De Gratia, I'm going to call it, was another ship, a Canadian brigantine, spotted the ship about 400 miles from the Azores. Like I said, far away from those islands. Uh, this ship was headed by a Captain Morehouse, who was a friend of Briggs. Okay. You know, uh, also, like I said, Canadian. So yeah. Probably Nova Scotia. They probably knew each other. Uh, good friends. The ship was disheveled, but seaworthy still, because they took three men and went on board. And uh, it was under partial sail. Some of the p- couple sails were missing. Some were on the deck okay. of the ship. Oh. You know, things were disheveled, you know, but Bad. not disheveled to the point where, like, shit went down. Yeah. But, like, just nobody's been on here and it's been drifting in the ocean so it's like 
well, the ship moved around and nobody moved exactly. it back. Uh, and there, the ship's only lifeboat, the only one, gone. Oh, okay. So obviously they vacated. Yeah. Uh, most everything was still there. The shipment, the shipment was all still there. So piracy, not really. Yeah. Everything was still there, including six months worth of food and supplies. Would all of them be able to fit on that one lifeboat? Probably um, not, right? I mean, did, how big was the lifeboat? I maybe. I assumed maybe. Yeah. Uh. And, yeah, the ship had normal wear and tear. It also had three feet of water in the bottom of it. Okay. Which, a ship that size at that time, like, you want to get that water out of there, but that's not It's not going to bring it down, yeah. yeah. It's not going to bring it down. And it also had two pumps. So, you know, you can get that water out of there. One of the pumps, though, was uh, found disassembled. Oh. Weird. Uh, but Captain Morehouse decided to salvage the ship, of course, because back then that was the best thing you could do. Yeah. You know, any evidence that could be found would be investigated. You know, you can't lose the shipment. And also, you can get a huge profit from Absolutely. salvaging a ship that still has a shipment. Are you kidding me? Because fucking take that shit in. Oh, yeah. You, you, you still get a profit from salvaging an empty ship. Because it's still a usable ship. Exactly. So, with the shipment? Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, and he took it to Gibraltar, which had a mute, uh, huge salvage. Which I guess was a huge salvage hub. Okay. And uh, with only three men from the De Gratia, from his ship, uh, they managed to get operate Mary Celeste, operate it and get it back to uh, Gibraltar. Okay. Yeah. So, and put the cells back on and get everything back in order. Page turn. Uh, the Queen's Proctor, however, a Mr. Frederick's uh, Solly Flood. Flood. Yeah. Uh, seriously questioned the salvaging though you know he was very suspicious from the very beginning like yeah. okay so you find a seaworthy ship that's still like a little fixes here and, and has perfect. everything on it has everything on it including still the food not a sign of this or that like bullshit yeah what's going on because and because here's the thing when you salvage it you could get up to a hundred percent of the oh, worth yeah. of everything for salvage good money so it's like that's... You want that kind of money for it's it's just too clean. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. too it's so clean that it's, it's very dirty. convenient. What's going on? It's very convenient. Yeah. yeah. Um. So obviously, an investigation was launched. Uh, they inspected the ship. Uh, Flood was so convinced of foul play that he actually uh, uh, fudged and suppressed test results of quote evidence found on the ship. Basically, they they found some rust on a sword, and they're like, "That's blood." Oh, fuckers. And he tried to, like, fudge the evidence when the results came back or whatever. It was like, it's rust, you idiot. Dude, it's rust. Yeah. Not even. And uh, nothing was found, but the judge said, even because the judge didn't like it either, he said, we'll pay just a portion of what you would have normally gotten, which they got uh, 1,700. Okay. Which they could have gotten 80,000. (sighs) Oh, shit. Okay. So they were pissed. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, finally in February, now remember this is December when they found the ship and everything, and this is all going on. So finally in February, (coughs) excuse me, the Mary Celeste was finally set for Genoa to deliver her shipment. Oh. Finally. Yeah. Poor alcohol. Uh, the ship got yet another crew and captain because the business side of it yet again was just like, well, let's keep it going. Keep it this party rolling. Yeah. Uh, they started doing the rounds again, and in 1885, the Mary Celeste uh, gets run aground, gets run to the ground in a uh, reef, 
uh, in and gets caught up in the middle of an insurance scam. Oh. And basically what happens is uh, the captain uh, was carrying on the ship uh, bass ale as well as a number of uh, other fine goods, apparently. Uh, but it was cleaned out and filled with garbage. Just trash. Heaping trash. Um, basically what happened is the guy decided to leave the ship, take the goods, sell them outside mm. of his commission to make more, more money. Yeah. Took the goods to a salvager in Haiti, uh, but he actually conned the salvager as well. Had he not conned the salvager, he might have gotten away with it. Yeah. Since he conned the salvager, uh, they went to go check out the ship. It was filled with trash. It's a huge scam. And they got caught. Jesus. And, <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is a, just a bad ship. Yeah. And the captain at the time when that was responsible for all that, he barely got off of being executed. Really? Basically because at that time, you know, like I guess in the 1500s, like you get executed just for looking at someone wrong. Yeah. But in 1872 or 1873, people were like, all right. Like, we don't want to kill someone for an insurance Let's just scam. chill out. Yeah. Just, Let's just chill out. Whatever. So, and then the government of Haiti, since the ship was, like, in kind of uh, condition. They burned it. And it was just left there, and it was marooned anyway, or, or aggrounded a anyway. They burned it. They just yeah. set it ablaze. Oh, they do damn. I like how they're just like, fuck it, let's just put it on fire. We'll just drift it off in the sea, like a yes. Viking funeral. All right. Yep, like a harpoon whale. Yeah. <laughs> Washed ashore. Legends and theories. So, a little while after little author you may have heard of, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, wrote a sensational story called, quote, uh, J. Habakkuk Jepson's Statement in uh, Cornhill Magazine in 1884. Okay. Cornhill <laughs> Magazine in 1884, which is the year before the whole 1885 insurance scam thing. Uh, and, but this story was total fiction. Oh, okay. And it was like wild accounts of like when they boarded the ship after the disappearance it, like everything was perfect like all the sails were still up and open perfect the deck was neatly cleaned. oh so it was there, just like the tea was still steaming on the table ah uh, you yes. know shit like that you know okay. they, they heard a voice and but they didn't find for entertainment know. purposes they really kind of oh yeah uh, played fluffed, it up, fluffed it up embellished it oh yeah so, and people took that as fact. Yeah. And then, of oh, course, that built on more details and more legends and more ideas as to why. Of what happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, uh, theories. Giant squid or octopus. Okay. People thought back then, especially. Yeah. Giant squid or octopus. Some cr sea creature. Some kraken. Uh, a rogue wave. Alright. Or or uh also a sea quake. Ah. I can see a sea quake maybe. Um piracy, murder, but all the shipment was still there. So and it doesn't look like a struggle or and, blood. And there's no evidence of murder or anything even when yeah. they looked for it. Uh oh yeah, Captain Briggs or someone went crazy and threw people overboard, killed him, or did something. Damn, that's not a family trip. Put everybody at all. yeah. Uh, so those are some theories. Oh, yeah, and, uh, what's another one that always gets... Aliens! Aliens! Da-da-da! Obviously, I don't. No, probably yeah. not. Uh, another one was, uh, some of the barrels, when they went through, a lot of them still had alcohol. 
but some of them didn't. Some of them didn't. A lot of them had some leakage or had less than what was normal or whatever. And but the wood that the barrels were made out of were very porous. The type of wood was porous, so a lot would evaporate out through. And also, um, one theory that's very prominent is thinking that as it was doing that in yeah. the storage, it gives us the smell. And that kind of alcohol can't explode. Gotcha. So theories, uh, Captain Briggs or somebody smelled it, got scared. With his family aboard, he's like, well, fuck Evacuate the ship. Got everybody on a lifeboat. And then probably tried to stay a certain distance to see what would happen. And then lost it. And then, you know, drifted Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean... But also, that's just a theory. We don't know that for sure. Because if that did happen for sure, the family either... Everybody either perished in the lifeboat because they never washed ashore. Yeah. Or they washed ashore. But if they washed ashore, it's like, why didn't they ever make contact with people? No, they totally would have. They didn't make it Be like, hey, we're these people. We left the ship. What happened? We have a lot of money on that ship. We need it now. Yeah, exactly. That would be their exact reaction. Yeah. And that's exactly... They went into detail with that theory on uh, Stuff You Should Know. Gotcha. Yeah. Because they did I mean, a great podcast on that as well. And I covered some points they did and then did some Wikipedia research. The way I think of it is like... That's if three it. people could operate that ship when that second ship came up and found that said ship and three crewmen were able to operate it and everything... Because what got me for a little bit was all like, there's no way that, that amount of crewmen could fit on one lifeboat. There's yeah. a... But if three but people took to operate the men, ship, yeah. I could see them leaving. The reason is very out, up in the air, I guess. That's why it's a mystery, you know? It's possible. But yeah, I, I do believe that they, if they were all able to fit on the lifeboat, which still kind of like, it's hard for my, to wrap my mind around, but it could be a thing. And they all just kind of left in the sea and maybe one of those other rogue waves slash sea quake or something fucked them up and yeah. they died you know but that's my thing the thing that's concrete like uh, for sure for me is everybody got into the lifeboat and left because they knew that the ship had only one lifeboat it was gone and i i think it was something they got scared like their another theory was like they saw pirates coming for them they're like let's just not even fight it's kind of like a modern day like if someone holds you up at the atm machine like don't fight take it my fucking just money. take everything yeah don't fight it you know True. same thing it's like get in the uh lifeboat we'll get off the ship let them have it and you know yeah especially with his family on board like i said exactly like his wife that, and his daughter there's a level like, of protection that he yeah. wants to give i mean and the theory that you were talking about about smelling and they just kind of like lost it one of those things like that could happen too. Maybe the waters got too rough and they couldn't like sail or like row their way back to it. I guess. Yeah. Or wind. Or maybe they're just like the fuck wind. It. Because my thinking is the sails. Oh yeah. A sailed ship, even though it's bigger, if the wind got really strong, it might just and and, and here's the thing it. is if they're worried about the ship exploding, they would want to be a certain distance from it anyway. So it's like you're at that distance already. And then plus and the, then the wind. It's like you could lose. I could see them maybe losing. And then just getting lost at sea. I don't know. I've never I've never been a ship captain, especially of a ship. You haven't? Captain. Oh no, have I've not. I've been at least four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You've been four captains? Yeah. See the ships change. The captain remains the same. Change as <laughs> no. a person. Captains of four ships. You know what I'm talking about. Doubting. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that is my mystery, the Mary Celeste. I like it. Very, very mysterious. <laughs> yeah. 
it's I, I covered the basics. I thought it was interesting. Oh, hell yeah. And it's such a big thing, too, as well. But, I mean, it's one of those things where it does boil down to them just getting in the lifeboat. I guess what that reason is will always be up in the air. Yeah, because it got set on fire and burn. We'll never really know. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, fuckers. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, any closing notes for this week? No, I don't think so. I guess uh, follow us on our usual social yeah, media pages. Follow us on Facebook. Please give us more ratings on iTunes. Instagram. We've been loving the ratings on iTunes. Twitter. All the social medias. We've been loving the ratings and the reviews. Thank you so Email much. Email us. Please do it more. Reach out. Yeah. Reach out and talk to us yeah. a little bit. Love to hear from you. We'll see what. Leave a link to our email in the description of the podcast, as we always do. Of course. Um, yeah. And we will... Talk to you next week. Oh, ooh, ooh, oh, I know. There it is. So this is, uh, yeah, I was trying to remember. So okay, yeah, because I was like. <laughs> um, so this is the month of March. Yes. And I'm trying to do this thing where I'm formatting the show to where each month represents something. So I want to do maybe not the whole show dedicated, but at least one episode, at least one topic or both for an episode dedicated to whatever the month. You know, last month was February for Black History Month. Well, March is uh, Women's History Women's Month. month. Yeah. So I'm, you know. Just uh, just let you guys know. Look forward to at least one or two episodes topics where we focus or episodes on that. Uh, focusing on that. And we got some interesting topics about that too. Absolute. Not just the normal hubbub you learn in school. So, exactly. Something a little um, different. We look forward to that. And yeah, Hell we yeah. will talk to you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye.